welcome to You Need to See This, an every other weekly film podcast about filling the gaps in our collective cinematic experience. I'm Cozy Orlin, and I'm joined by my co-host... Luce Tomlin Brenner. Hello. Hello. Oh, sorry, I'm falling off the oh, cliff. No. Hello. Oh, oh, wow. No. All right, now it's, it's my okay. show. Oh, that's Cozy's okay. That happens. Oh, he's back. Okay, you bounced back from like a trampoline at the bottom of a cavern? Yeah, it's one of those things where you never know what's at the bottom, and then you turn out to find out that it's something comfy and convenient like a trampoline. So rare. What a treat. What a treat. We're comedians, writers, filmmakers, and animated characters. Incredibly realistic, well-drawn ones. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, every episode, one of us tries to convince the other and the audience that they need to see a specific film. We do it all with zero spoilers whatsoever. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I am fascinated now by what our movie will be today. Oh, good, good, good. This is going to be a weird one. For this week's episode, we are doing something a little bit different. Uh I'm going to be talking about the 2021 Oscar-nominated animated shorts. And, Luce, you need to see these. (laughs) Ooh, I haven't seen any of them. Perfect. Good. This is perfect. I'm so excited. I don't know if I've ever watched any Oscar-nominated animated shorts. Whoa, that blows my mind. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to start this episode off by asking how you feel about about the Oscars, which happened yesterday, even though we're recording this in advance. And how you feel about animation, and then how you feel about animated shorts. Wow. Okay. I love animation. Um, Perfect. I have no... I, I'm into animated shorts. I have really gotten into short film the last few years when I have been taking my short messed up to film festivals. So I've seen mm-hmm. some really cool animated horror shorts. Oh, awesome. I, yeah. Um, the Fatal Collective, uh, which is based in L.A., they have a short out called Bleed, and it's a it's an anthology short. So it's like five movies that are each a couple minutes long, mm. and one of them is a really cool animated one about an eyeball. Oh, that sounds amazing already. That's all I need. All I need yeah. is an eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other one I'm thinking of that I really loved was Don't Think About a Pink Elephant. I think is mm, the name okay. of it. Um, and it was like a claymation, and mm. it was really, really dark. I like. Oh, it a lot. I love it. Yeah, that's <laughs> all. I, dark and claymation is such a perfect combo. I feel like so many animated shorts are like, we're going to do claymation, and things are going to like, like sort of uh, weirdly stutter and move around, like, like physically, and just sort of like move weirdly, and then everyone's going to be like, this is creepy, and no one's talking, and it's great. Yes. Well, I just discovered that Don't Think of a Pink Elephant is on Vimeo, so we'll have to throw it into our uh, um, show notes so people can watch it. It's really good. Love that. Yeah, Vimeo is a great place to check out animated shorts. There's so many on there that are all just amazing, and it's just this weird treasure trove of things that you stumble on. Yes, absolutely. So I would say I don't go out in search of shorts unless it's... I. I'm not thinking of the right words to say, but like, because I'm involved with filmmaking, I look at the ones that are currently around or I have my eye on like, you know, when people write things up or I have ones recommended (laughs) to me, but I'm not like constantly hunting for them. I wouldn't say that it's like a, a main source of interests for me other than like what people are making in horror and like, what is that like 
film festivals and such. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. Yeah, I I feel like I watched a lot of these weird adult swim late night things that were on uh, YouTube, and I found a lot of amazing animators from that who I just went to their Vimeos and they had like basically their whole reels up and their whole everything they'd ever done basically. <laughs> oh, wow. So you kind of just went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, it's so easy to do. The internet is a, an insanely giant, crazy place that sometimes I forget is so giant. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we've been shuffled onto social media hubs. And yeah, it's like, and then nothing else. <laughs> exactly. So like the old, like, let me just randomly put in some words and see what website comes up. <laughs> like not a thing anymore. It's so weird how much it changed. It's so weird. Um, what are your feelings on the Oscars? You know, as a budding cinephile in my young teen years, I was obsessed with the Oscars because I thought that they were very prestigious and important and they showed what film was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took it very seriously. I've always watched the Oscars since I was a little kid. And then, you know, of course, by the time you get into like indie film and art house stuff and weird cinema, bizarre stuff, lost films, then you're like, oh, the Oscars is like only about a couple of good, there's like a couple of good films a year. Yeah. And then like, especially when I moved to LA and I was like, oh, it's all just campaigning. Like people spend a certain amount of money on campaigning and then those are the films and actors that get touted. Like that oh, yeah. really disillusioned me. Of course. Because um, I was like, well, I thought maybe they just had bad or like, you know, middling taste. But then moving mm-hmm. here and being like, oh, it's money. Everything is money. <laughs> it's so, so, so true. It all boils down that way in so many different aspects of film, it seems like. But what I will say for like shorts and documentaries and like people who are not already a part of the machine in a really large way is it's really great to be nominated for an Oscar because it ensures that you will get more money for your next project or that you will be like looked at for your next project you know like you can it can really help people's careers so even though I'm a little cynical about it I do acknowledge it as something that like can make a really big difference in people's careers which is why it's so frustrating that women and people of color and other marginalized genders work doesn't get you know examined at the Oscars because that's such a great way to then get into being able to pitch films and have studios take you seriously oh of course absolutely so I follow it. This year I've really been trying to disengage from it, but it's also kind of the most interesting year as far as like I think there's more artistic films than ever that That's are good. nominated for Oscars. But um, there's still a lot of choices that I find really frustrating and a lot of like Hollywood trying to cover its own ass with its choices. Oh, endlessly. <laughs> endlessly, yeah. It just I just feel really cynical about it. Like I don't trust any. I just don't trust it. I'm like, oh, I see what I mean, you're doing here. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have—they've given you zero reason to trust it. Uh, hopefully, they went well yesterday, and everyone picked the right things. <laughs> oh yes, we should say we're recording this two days before the Oscars, so we don't actually know. But when you listen to this on Monday, you'll already know. Do you have a prediction for best picture? Uh, well, no, I certainly don't. <laughs> have you seen any of them, Cozy? I haven't even looked at what's nominated for any part of any of the Oscars <laughs> except for this on one a category. Film podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, I've never given a fuck about the Oscars, but I watch the animated shorts every year. <laughs> That's so funny to me. Well, how did you zero in on that 
specifically to pay attention to? Well, uh, let me tell you, I've always uh, loved animated short films like way, way, way before they started showing up before Pixar movies. And uh, mm-hmm. when I was a kid growing up in Tucson, my parents used to take me to an art house theater in my neighborhood called The Loft, which is still there and still fantastic. And if you're in Tucson, go to it. And there are like two main things I remember watching there. The first was Ardman animation short films like mm. Wallace and Gromit and a bunch of others that mm-hmm. most people have forgotten about. What? People have forgotten about Wallace and Gromit? It's not true. We have a whole Ardman film section at Videotech and kids rent from it all the time. That's good. No, I don't mean Wallace and Gromit. I mean the other ones that people forgot about because they weren't Wallace and Gromit. Oh, like Chicken Run? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the shorts. I'm talking specifically about Ardman animation shorts that were shown around Wallace and Gromit, and people only remembered Wallace and Gromit from it because they were such specific characters. But they also did all these weird claymation ones that were like these strange characters making noises at each other, very abstract. And those are the ones that I loved as a kid. And I liked Wallace and Gromit a lot too, but I'm just so sad that everyone else forgot about the other ones. Right. Do you have like a supposition as to why that one goes blew up? Yeah, it's just the character, you know, very specific characters, you know, the the endless fascination with Rube Goldberg devices that everybody kind of <laughs> has, you know, totally. and, and I mean... I mean, just everybody remembers stuff that's clear narrative, but no one remembers abstract weird shit. That's true. I think it's because it's hard to describe that to another person. Yeah, there's no way. There were probably no character names in any of those. There were probably no, like, I remember they had, like, weird caveman stuff, I think. All this, just there was no way to give enough credit to it compared to recurring characters like Wallace and Gromit. Mm, Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's similar with, like, any kind of filmmaker who does something that's non-narrative is it's just like a lot harder to get traction because in general people want a narrative film and then right they want to see themselves in something yeah and then second secondary secondly um secondly yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) word of mouth right like it's so hard to like i don't know i love schenectady new york but i don't know how to explain what happens in that movie Right. I've still never seen it, but I've heard some explanations, but nothing makes perfect sense still from anybody. (laughs) I mean, I, maybe I should watch it again and and do it as an episode, but it's a really complicated film, but I, it brought up a lot of emotions in me. I thought it had a lot of interesting ideas and that I thought it was really singular. Like that's all I can say about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like sometimes that's all you need. It'd be nice if that were enough for people to go check things out and they should. People should check things out based on that more often. I know. It's really boring. That's how I know when I found my people, when I can just say something like that and their eyes light up. But <laughs> a lot of people act like they're being saddled with homework as soon as you tell them that it's like non-narrative or Ugh. that it's got surrealist uh, qualities that are hard to pin down. Everyone acts like yeah. it's going to take a lot of work. Like, That's so saddening. Yeah, um, I know. The, Only if you have a lazy, dumb brain. God. <laughs> uh, but that's people, right? Uh, I guess it takes practice. Or maybe you just have to see them when you're young, and then you're like, I'm cool with whatever. I don't care about narratives. I'm a kid. Yeah, <laughs> I think it helps when you're young. And I do think it takes – I think it does take practice, like anything else. Like I don't think that um, – I think we have an idea that film should be passive. Mm-hmm. Uh, which like, sure, some of it is. And sometimes it's fun to just watch something passive, but like it's art. You're supposed to engage with it. Like you're supposed yeah. to be thinking as you're watching it. So it's just like with foreign films, you know, I feel like everybody had a period when they would interact with people when they're younger and they're like, Oh, I got to read it. 
Like, <laughs> uh... Yeah, sometimes that doesn't go away for people. That's the really sad part. <laughs> I know. And then those people have a really difficult life as their brain like rots away because they've never fucking used it. Yeah, and they never will. Uh, <laughs> I don't so, know why I'm so angry today. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you should be. Fuck those people. You got me all Here's riled up about animated shorts. <laughs> yeah, I like we're talking we're talking about a lot of things that uh <laughs> that are rileable. Like the Oscars is a rileable topic in general. Narrative versus non-narrative. Come on. If people aren't angry about this, they're not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> It's just me oh. wanting to be angry about like a different thing than the regular societal issues that are draining us all. That's a good call too. I think that helps people. Uh, so the second uh, thing that I saw growing up as a, as a kid in terms of animated shorts at the loft were uh, Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation. Did you ever <laughs> see those? I haven't, but that's a really fun name. It was. It started in 1990, and it was this bunch of fucked up, dark, insane, hilarious animation. Sometimes it was stupid, and you were just like, okay, these are just people who just want to be, like, twisted and weird and, like, fucked up. But some of it was genuinely good and dark and, like, really shaped my my perception of stuff, I think, in a great way. That's awesome. It's fun to, like, rewatch stuff and be like, oh, my personality came from this I oh see. it's the best feeling it's so it's such a nice roadmap and yeah like I never cared about the Oscars I didn't even know they had an animated shorts category for a very long time and I don't really know when I started watching the animated shorts but they became a yearly tradition for me and and they have been for several years I just always have to watch them and there are a few theaters here in LA that would show them every year. What, how did you see them this year? Well, that is a great question. Um, uh, by the, so by this time, I'm sure everyone can watch them on like the shorts.tv website since they always show them in theaters and mm. they have a section for online ones. Uh, even though at this point in time, I'm not sure they're really on, they have like real links there yet. Um, but I watched them on the Jacob Burns Film Center website, which is the only place I could find them earlier in April. Um, and that is a nonprofit five-screen theater and education center in Pleasantville, New York. Wow, that's so cool. Also, I did not know that Pleasantville was a real place. Nice, right? I hope it's pleasant. I love that movie. Same great movie. So, yeah, I, I, I'd say that you and anyone else can check to see if they're screening on demand on, like, the website of your favorite local art house theater. And if they're not there, check Shorts TV and then the Jacob Burns Film Center website. Oh, that's great. Well, we should link that in the show notes also so that people can find that because I've never heard of that before. <laughs> no, same. I was, I was just looking for them anywhere and it showed up. Uh, I think they might also be on... I don't know, like IFC or some random thing, but I didn't really pay attention to that because by now, by the time this comes out, I'm sure they're on shorts.tv because they're like the people for it. Oh, okay, great. No, this is news to me. I think this is the reason why people don't watch shorts is we're like, how? Well, yeah, especially this year. Like there's no chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but like think about people throughout like the country, you know, who aren't in a big cinema city like we are. How, I mean, in my hometown, like in Elyria, Ohio, how would I watch the animated shorts or any shorts, you know, like theaters just don't play that type of cinema. And I think that's really frustrating. Like a lot of films, a lot of stories would be better if they were shorter. You oh, know, this, 100%. This, 
how many things do we see that I'm like, wow, that stretch to 90 minutes was certainly exhausting. Oh, honestly, more and more things are just becoming three hour events instead of movies and they're terrible. <laughs> yes. And I just think it would be so much more fun to have just 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Like I spend, you know, three days at a film festival and I'll watch movies for like 12 hours every day, but like they're all shorts. So it's like I'm watching like dozens and dozens of movies. It's amazing. Yeah, and it seems like it's more of an interesting challenge to do short form material and and like affect someone emotionally in that shorter period of time. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I I think you you can excuse a lot more in a short also. Mm. Whereas it's like you'll watch a full 90 minutes and there still won't be any character development. And you're like, okay, what excuse do you have? Like I found it, <laughs> since I started watching short films, I found it a lot harder to watch feature films because they did less with more and it just made me angry. That makes a ton of sense. That's a great call. Yeah, I always feel like I should be watching more like shorts live action or otherwise i never i almost never watch any live action shorts but i watch a lot of animated ones yeah that's (laughs) interesting i feel like the opposite and so we need to switch places a little bit love it yeah we'll just do um we'll do a uh vice versa for a for a day or something (laughs) okay freaky monday oh i love it god good good (laughs) good movies back in the old days I haven't seen all of the Switch movies, but I should see more of them. Yeah, switching is definitely something that I never get sick of. I think <laughs> those are really, really fun. Oh, such a good time. Yeah, I was I was such a vice versa kid. I was like, Judge Reinhold, let's see him switch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Freaky Friday with Jodie Foster was my favorite. Love it. Oh, amazing. Good devices not used often enough. Uh, So let me tell you a little bit about all the stuff we got for today. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are we talking about five films? We are talking about eight films. We have a lot to cover. Okay. Okay. Let's get to it. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. There are five nominated shorts, three of which are really fucking great, and three shortlist selections, one of which was great. Uh, (laughs) Only one short this year was Trash, which is honestly really good for the animated shorts. Okay. (laughs) Like most years, it's. Yeah. Most years. Uh, yeah, most years it's some trash, a lot of boring or uncomfortable weird shit, and then like one okay mm. one, and then one amazing one that should win, but never does because the one with money behind it wins. But this year, things are a little mm-hmm. different, which is great. Exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, when you're listening to this, remember there will already have been a winner announced, so listeners, please make sure to time travel and let me know which one it is right now. okay nobody appeared and told me so i'm upset that i got snubbed like that (laughs) wow that's really disappointing so rude so rude how could they oh monsters anyway i'm gonna tell you some background info on each of them and whether or not i think that you need to see them okay great i'm excited Oh, perfect. This was a fun one to write and an even more fun one to watch. (laughs) Uh, So let's start with the first one. It's called Burrow. Uh, It's from the USA. It's from Madeline. uh, 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 Sorry, I'm already screwing up names that are easy to pronounce, like Madeline. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to get worse. Um, But Madeline uh, Sharafian and Michael Caparat uh, made this film. And Burrow was a Pixar short. Uh, the only Pixar short in the competition. Um, it was about a rabbit trying to make a new home, and it was very cute. Aww. 
Yeah, unlike most Pixar stuff, it was very 2D instead of 3D, which is cool. And unlike most Pixar shorts, this one wasn't really a tearjerker. It didn't really have a huge emotional impact. And I think that if you skip it, you're fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, you totally... Uh, the last thing I heard was it didn't have a huge... It cut out. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Well, yeah, what I was, what I was saying was that uh, it didn't have a huge emotional impact. And I think that if you skip it, you're probably fine. Oh, okay. But I like bunnies. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you check it out, you're probably fine too. I think it's like a, it's like a fine animated short about bunnies. So if you're down with bunnies and other cute things that live underground, I think you'll enjoy it. I do love things that live underground, whether they're cute or whether they're horrifying. I embrace them Oh, perfect. Them all. Wait, well, so got this a little opened up for, wolf. oh, right. Cause it wasn't in the theater. So I wonder if it was supposed to be a part of like soul. I don't think, I assume probably not, but I also didn't see Soul, uh, so I don't really know. But I didn't hear anyone talking about the thing that was before Soul, if, if anything was before Soul. I don't know how they did it this oh, year. Or yeah, because you know in the theaters how they usually open it up with a short. Yeah, it's always something, but it's usually like a 3D one instead of a 2D one, so I'm not really sure if this oh, was. Oh, this is 2D? This one feels very 2D in comparison to the ones that feel very 3D. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, most of them were like that, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I love that animation style way more. Same. It has more of it feels like it has more of an impact, whereas we all grew up with 3D animation kind of being clunky and weird and feeling so fake. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I get really distracted by more modern animation stuff that looks like Animal Crossing. Oh god. Like, oh, yeah, it's just it's so tougher troubling. to digest. Yeah, it's a lot tougher to digest and and feel. You know, it has more of a um, has more of a of a hump to jump over. <laughs> mm, yes, agreed. Uh, so the second movie, uh, the second animated short, is uh, Genius Loki, which I thought would be pronounced like Loki, but apparently it's not, based mm-hmm. on my listening to the interview with the filmmaker. <laughs> um, and this one is from oh, France. That was smart. I'm glad you did a little research. <laughs> oh, I did a ton. Uh, it's, it was a nice nice surprise. <laughs> Some of these were worth researching because they felt like they really mattered and were interesting and weird. And this one is very much that. Uh, mm. This this one's from France, and it's from Adrian Marigo and Amari Oviz, along with a bunch of other cool people. Mm, okay. Yeah, and it's about uh, a young black woman walking through the, a suburb of Paris at night, guided by the chaos of life and her imagination. The title comes from a Roman religious term referring to the belief that districts of Rome had their own protector spirits. I lost you again. I'm so sorry. You keep cutting out so that I feel like I'm missing large chunks. Oh, no, that's totally fine. Um, Well, I'm happy to repeat it. Uh, (laughs) So the title comes from a Roman religious term uh, referring to the belief that districts of Rome had their own protector spirits. Oh, I've never heard of that before, but I love that. That was pre-Catholicism um, then. I mean, I imagine so, yeah. Because that was and actually like a big thing that the Catholic Church was fighting against was um, like the word pagan, people now use it interchangeably to mean like witch. Mm. Um, but back in like ancient Roman times, it was used to describe like any religion that wasn't Catholic. Sure, so of course. they were like very much, yeah, trying to shut out all of the like to overrun the romans who believed in like spirits and gods and stuff so right they they those were 
those were pagans. <laughs> mm. Oh, the old days of pagans. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's pagans actually a general term that just means any religion that's not Catholic. But that's right, how right, people right, use right. it now. Totally. Um, yeah, this also, uh, the, the name also is used to describe like the general atmosphere and feeling of a city. And it's also, also Mm. an architectural term referring to buildings designed for where they're going to be built, like organic architecture that blends into the surrounding nature. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Genius Loki doing a lot of work. Um, this film has already won at least 16 awards internationally. Um, and holy shit. Putting this piece of art next to a cute Pixar short is exactly why I love the Oscar animated shorts. It <laughs> makes cute stuff look so incredibly unnecessary in comparison. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is why I was like, I don't know. I'm sold on rabbits. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, this, this, this <laughs> makes rabbits go back into their burrows because it's fucking beautiful and the movement <laughs> of it's really great. It captures chaos in like such a perfect flow state. And the art style is very like translucent and watercolory. The the art director on it was uh, Brecht uh, Evans or Evans. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Uh, I, but I looked him up and I was totally floored because I saw that he made this graphic novel called The Wrong Place that I picked up years ago in a Barnes and Noble and couldn't stop reading while I was like standing there. Oh, wow. That's so perfect. Yeah, the art style in it was so good that I was like, I should buy this. And then I just didn't because I sucked, but I should fucking go back and buy that because it was a very good graphic novel. (laughs) Perfect. I love that story. Oh, totally. It was such a nice surprise to see that he was working on it. And um, Adrian's parents and brothers did the sound design and music for this, which is kind of cool. So cool. Wow. Whole artistic family. Yeah. And it's uh it's it's like a transformation-y piece. It's about moments. It has like themes of otherness and queerness in it. And it like really puts you in the main character's feelings of depression and frustration. You absolutely definitely very much need to see this. Ooh, yeah. Well, I'm sold on that one already. Awesome. I also I also looked up some of the director's past stuff, uh, Adrian Marigo's pad stuff uh past stuff. And, and he did this music video for the band Villagers for their song Cecilia and Her Sense of Self. And like, I don't know, you know how some types of art just kind of put you in a feeling, in a place, sort mm, of? Definitely. Yeah, this post yeah. art. <laughs> yeah, this video very much did it. And everybody should go find it on Vimeo right now while you're listening to this because it's fucking, it's really good. <laughs> wow. Look at you with all the great recommendations. All about it. You know, I I get excited when it comes to only the animated shorts and nothing else. (laughs) I know. I don't think I've ever seen you glowing quite this much. It's what I do. Sometimes sometimes glow happens. It's a rarity. (laughs) Um, So the third one, uh, the third one's called Opera. And it's from South Korea and the USA from Eric Oh. And it's really, really fucking crazy and good. Um, the scope of it is so ambitious to the point where it's completely insane. Mm, um, I love completely insane. Oh, you're, I think you're going to love this. It's, it's about everything. It's about everything. The, it's about the, the, everything? This, this short is about everything that's happened. It's, it's about life and history and religion and capitalism and conflict and everything. <laughs> 
Wow, everything. Okay, that's a lot, but I'm ready for it's, it. It's so unlike any animated short I've ever seen. Um, I didn't know what to do with it. It was it was originally designed as an art installation piece inspired by fresco murals. Hmm. Okay. And like this, this was the one time that I was really happy that I was watching these on a computer instead of a movie because I could pause it every two seconds to take everything in. Like I watched this and then went back and watched it again like 30 times, I would say. <laughs> like wow, I would say literally really? at least at least 30 times, literally, to see every single thing that happened in it. And I probably still missed a lot of stuff. Amazing. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this one was beautiful and and so very mind-blowing. And people absolutely need to watch it. Everyone watch opera. (laughs) Amazing. I am like, it's so hard to even picture what you're... (laughs) Everything you're talking about just sounds like an LSD trip. Yeah, like I'm trying to be a little vague in how they did it because I want people to be surprised by the way it's presented because I'd never seen a short like it before. It's so weirdly static but active (laughs) Mm, okay cool what type of animation is it it's uh that one's computer animation it's it's more computery because it kind of would have to well i shouldn't say it would have to be but it's uh it's more computery and and it's 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 hard to describe (laughs) without Mm. just seeing it okay great Yeah, which is, of course, the thing we always run into with any description of a short where we're like, what do we not want to say? What can we say without blowing it? Because so much of it's about surprise and that experience. Uh, Yeah, really tough for a podcast. You know, you have to see it. We can't describe it to you, but we'd like you to listen to us try. Oh, God, we've run into that a lot. Yeah. (laughs) That's how you know it's good art because it's impossible to describe. <laughs> you have to trust us. Um, um, well, I'm definitely interested in things that are um, like I love a really full screen. I love being overstimulated. Um, uh, I love when there's like a lot of little details and you have to pause it to kind of bring in everything that you can see. Um, perfect. That so is that very much this. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, so the fact that you had to keep going back and watching it. I mean, that's how I felt when I watched um, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Oh, yeah, sure, absolutely. I was just like, oh, my gosh, there's so many different types of filmmaking being utilized here and so many different types of storytelling. And um, every every frame had some type of, you know, three or four references in it. Amazing. Ugh. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm really down with that. Oh, good, 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 good. What was that one called again? That one's called Opera. Oh, Opera, right. Every time you say it, I think of the Dario Argento movie that has like eye violence in it. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. And so every time you say it, I'm like, I have this like small shudder where I'm like, oh, yuck. Understandable. (laughs) (laughs) So no, no like needles in the eyes in this one, right? I am so happy to say that the de- the there is not even enough detail for there to be eyes in this <laughs> and oh, there is okay. so much detail because of that i don't know what that means but i welcome <laughs> it perfect good 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 <laughs> um so uh the fourth one is if anything happens i love you from the usa this one's from will mccormick that one sounds and, sad. yes uh good call and uh michael govier 
And this one's a, a Netflix short about a parents uh, who about parents who lost their child. So yes, definitely very sad. Mm, it is a no on this one. <laughs> it is a pure tearjerker, but it doesn't feel like it's just throwing it all at you. Like it's it's not it's not like subtle. It's not incredibly subtle, but it's not super heavy handed either. Mm, okay. And it kind of it has a really interesting story architecture. The animation feels very like pencil and papery with a really like cool limited color palette, and they play with shadow very, very well. Mm. Okay. Yeah, this one. I do like shadows. Yeah, it's very shadow focused, uh, and it this one very much feels like it's a lock to take the Oscar. Like I oh, would really? not be shocked. I mean, it's it's the Netflix one, so it makes the most sense kind of lately. You know, in past years, it would be like the Pixar one would be the one to take it home. But I think now it's kind of like Netflix makes the most sense. Hmm. Interesting. Just so that one of. is on Netflix then? That one is, I believe, on Netflix and very findable, yeah. Hmm. And I think if it wins, I'd be cool with it. Like, it's one you should absolutely see. I really did like it a lot. And I think it's it's saying something that should be said right now. And I hate saying that because that feels so messagey. But, like... As soon as as I understood what it was doing, I went, ah, I get it, but I am still on board. Interesting. Okay. Because I feel like my first, I think I'm having the knee-jerk reaction that you have to cancer movies where I'm just like, dead kids? No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's totally fair. Like, I, I could see that happening with this one, and I totally get it. And but I you're think saying it, push past that initial feeling. Absolutely, like it's worth it. it. It's worth it to stay around because I've seen things like that that are just like so messagey, and you're just like, I see what you're doing, and you're not working on me, or I see what you're doing and you're working on me, but I'm not happy about it. But this one, I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? It's living in the moment enough that it feels honest, and that's really the most important thing is that it has to feel honest. Yes, I agree. That's true. Sometimes with tearjerkers like that, you're like, uh, it feels really maudlin. Mm-hmm. And I don't like feeling like I'm being manipulated into crying or like being bummed. Oh, I hate that. It's the worst. Although I'll forgive it more in animation, I found. Interesting. You know, yeah. there's a fucking great dead kid movie that no one ever talks about called rabbit Mm. hole that Nicole Kidman is in. And it's from like 10 years ago. It's based on a play of the same name. Oh, okay. And it's fucking awesome. It's the kids already dead when it starts. So you don't have to go through the dying experience. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, uh, the kid gets hit by a car. This is all like, you find this out right away. gets hit by a car and Mm. dies. And a teenager, it's a teen driver who kills the kid. And Mm. Nicole Kidman, the main character, ends up, like, tracking him down and, like, befriending him to sort of understand him. Mm. And it, like, freaks out her husband. And it's all about, like, this connection between the kid who killed her son and him and, and, excuse me, and her and, like, the idea of parallel universes. Um, (laughs) I mean, that made me think of the other parallel universes movie we were talking about before. (laughs) I know, exactly. But it's... It's like she ends up healing through like thinking about like quantum <laughs> physics. It's really fascinating. I love um, it. That does sound perfect. That's very, it's so another earthy. I love it. Yeah. That's why I'm always like, oh, <laughs> this is my favorite dead kid movie where the kid's dead the whole time and it's only the aftermath. 
Yeah, that's a it's the the good uh, the good dead person genre at that situation. I mean, any movie is great when you watch an aftermath. I love an aftermath movie. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the best. Processing movies are fucking awesome yeah. because no one ever focuses on processing. Everybody just focuses on action because that is a way to avoid processing. <laughs> yeah, action unless it's really heightened, I think, is kind of boring. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's 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 avoiding the real work. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Character development. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people people in character... Yeah, it's all there. That's a very good call. Um, oh, my goodness. So the, the fifth one to talk about from the Oscar shorts from this year is Yes, People. Uh, I've heard from- of this one. I've seen people oh, nice. uh, write about it online, but I don't oh, know cool. anything about it myself. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I, I realized as I wrote this down that I forgot the like the name in ice. Uh, in Icelandic or whatever the language is that I should know. Uh, but it's from Iceland and it translates to yes people. And it's from, I am sorry in advance. Uh, it is from Gisli Dari Haldorsen and Arnar Gunnarsson. Wow. I think that was very well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sometimes I do. Okay. <laughs> it's a nice surprise. Uh, so yeah, this one, uh, yes, People was about a bunch of apartment tenants and their lives and their relationships, but in a very kind of spare sort of way. And it's mostly just gags. Mm. And yeah, like every time I watch the Oscar nominated animated shorts, there are always like these filler shorts that are kind of standard and silly and they don't really have any emotional impact. And this was very much that short. Oh, okay. Did you like it then or not like it? Uh, I was fine with it. Like I've seen so many movies, like so many shorts like this that they don't have any impact on me regardless anymore, but they weren't designed to have a ton. Like the animation was 3d in a, like a potato kind of way. just very lumpy and goofy mm. and like it's skippable. If you've seen a lot of movies like this before, if you haven't, it's, it's, I probably also going to feel like a filler short with some, like it has moments that I'm like, these are funny moments. These are good moments, but I don't know. It didn't do much for me. Okay. Interesting. So we yeah, got that I mean, one at the bottom of the list. Oh, very much so. Especially in comparison to like genius Loki, which is so fucking good and weird and artistic and French feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's okay. all it takes. Yeah, yeah just a little bit of Frenchy French in every drop. Yeah, it's like it feels like art really fast because it's French. That's the that's the <laughs> skip. <laughs> it's a shortcut that is worth Automatic taking. Automatic art. Amazing. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the shortlist selections. Uh, in terms of animation, all these were very like computery in comparison to all the other nominees mm. or the actual. When nominees. you say computery, do you feel like? that that stands between you and the enjoyment of them? Um, or you think that, it doesn't look as like hand-drawn as the other ones do? I think that it, it, it didn't stand, like, I would say partially. It, it stands partially in between my, my enjoyment of it. It has more of a hurdle to get over, you know. But, mm. it, you know, some of them got there and some of them did affect me, but then other ones didn't. So in the end, I would say that the the computer animation aspect, while partially a factor, wasn't the defining factor of these, you know. Mm, okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. and um, the first one's uh, Kapa'e Mahu from the USA. 
And that one's from Dean Hamer, Joe Wilson, and uh, Hinale uh, Moana Wongkalu. And uh, this one's a folk tale. A folk, a folk. Wow, I don't have words today, but mm-hmm. I can try. It is a folk tale style short. I got there. Oh, I Good love feeling. folk tales. Perfect. I'm in. Nice. Yeah, it's about Mahu healers that came to a Hawaiian village in the past. Uh, the Mahu were third gender, uh, third gender people embodying both male and female spirit. And this one is the first Hawaiian animated short to be shortlisted for the Oscars. Ooh, that's so cool. Good for Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's recorded in a Hawaiian dialect called Olelo Nihau, and that was uh, very cool to hear that spoken. Mm, yeah, definitely. It's yeah. really exciting to, like, hear languages that you normally don't hear. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's very, it's, it's rare. It's too rare. Uh, so the light in this one is very pretty, and it was, like, nicely animated overall. Uh, it seemed like the kind of movie that's very like important in terms of indigenous and trans representation. Mm. I couldn't really connect with it on a story level because I don't really connect with many folktale like things personally, but my cis white opinion on a trans indigenous story doesn't really matter. So uh, I think you should all check it out <laughs> anyway. As, yeah. Especially if you want to like learn something, which you should. Yeah. I'm, we should all do that. I'm really excited about this one. This one is maybe... The one that I'm, I don't, this one is tied so far with the Genius Loki mm-hmm. one. And yeah, totally. the other one that you said was a lot. Opera, <laughs> yeah. I had to watch 30 times opera, right. My brain keeps <laughs> pushing it out because it's like, no, we don't like opera. That movie's too scary. <laughs> is it, would it be helpful if I called it Unshen Andalou instead or? <laughs> No, God, no, that's also too much for me. Ah. I'm so glad there that the one French one in this does not have a similar title. <laughs> that would be such hubris that it really would. At least opera at least. is like already a very like, you know, a word that's very popular that you can't just say as your own word. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad opera's still a popular word. Yes. Hey, let's <laughs> hear it for opera. Just getting by still in the 21st century. Yeah, keep um, at it. Make it happen. Do it online. Listen, Jeopardy has an opera category, it feels like, at least once a week, if not every other week. I mean, I love that. But also, Jeopardy. Good for Jeopardy for still being a thing this century. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, Jeopardy is going strong. We watch it every day. Love that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's got a long, good history. I wonder how many, how many episodes of Jeopardy, that's hard to say, oddly enough, uh, were ever made. I wonder if that's like, a, like an SNL or Simpsons style. How long has that been around? Well, with Alex Trebek since the early 80s, I believe. Early 80s. So, okay. That's a long time. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like as old as we are. Oh, no. It's not older. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's that is that's a, a good amount of time to still be on the air right there not not a lot of shows can boast that especially after alex trebek passed away last year so right. they've been having um like i don't want to say celebrity guests but famous uh guest hosts that have been that have done well on celebrity jeopardy oh that's so a smart like choice anderson cooper is doing it this week um Ooh. katie kirk has done it Dr. Oz did it, which was like kind of a nightmare because he's like a shitty person and Ugh. he was not. 
I didn't love him. He kept having these weird asides that felt really loaded. <laughs> Ooh, yuck. That is sad. <laughs> but I've enjoyed all the other one. Aaron Rodgers, who I guess is a huge footballer, um, is like a major player from Green Bay. I'd never heard of him in my life. He, I think, mm-hmm. is like the hottest white man I've ever seen before. <laughs> uh, and like... Every time he came on screen, it made me giggle, which is never a reaction I have to men. (laughs) It's just like, oh my God, he has this little smile that kind of turns upside down. Uh, It was was amazing. And Isaac's like, yeah, he's a major, he's a huge athlete. And I'm like, Aaron Rod, what? I've never heard of this man before. How does this man walking around? I didn't know he existed. And I was like, he's so smart though. And I was like, wow, Smart guys can play football. It like <laughs> really opened up a new world to me. And I yeah. looked him up on Twitter. He's got like four million followers. So I guess he's a really big deal. I guess so. Weird. <laughs> he's my favorite Jeopardy host though, and I want him to leave Green Bay and be the new Jeopardy host. He's really funny, but like he's always really interested in all the contestants' like backstories, and he like oh, jokes nice. in a really sweet way. Yeah, I love oh. him. He's marrying Shailene Woodley, who I don't think is good enough for him, but. <laughs> oh wow! I had never heard that. That's very interesting. I yeah. I actually this is a dumb connection, but I always like those. Uh, I actually was just doing a, an improv show where I was a a host who was way too interested in everybody's backstories, and that was the entirety of the show because it was a family that. challenge show. <laughs> so I was like, "Tell me about every member of your family." Now the other members of the family. <laughs> That's so great. Dumb. It's a good time. Yeah. I love it. One of the the contestants who was on like a four or five day streak went to UC Santa, no, UC Santa Barbara, I think. I don't remember. Maybe it was UC Santa Cruz. Anyways, he went to uh, a college, the same college that Aaron Rodgers went to. And so we mm. kept being like, like winking at him and then being like, you probably know all this because you went to the best college ever. Like, <laughs> it's just being, like so cute and funny and silly. And everyone else is kind of like, I don't know. You know, there are people on TV, so they've got that, like, lizard person vibe to them. Oh, they're yeah. Just, they're too... Too polished. I don't know. Too polished. And Aaron Rodgers is, like, watching a real live person. It was really thrilling. Anyways, oh, that's great. This has been Jeopardy Corner. Sorry, it's <laughs> revealed now that I'm a huge, huge Jeopardy fan. I don't think I've ever brought that up before. <laughs> Love it. It was. A, it's always time. It's always time to reveal big parts of your personality. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, there's no wrong time for it is a better way of putting it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you remember what we were talking about, though? I do. I do. We are on to the second shortlisted animated short. Great. Please take us there. Absolutely. This one is called The Snail and the Whale. It's from the UK <laughs> and the Germany. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's from Max Lang, Daniel Snadden. I feel bad for you for your last name, Snadden. It's a pretty yeah, bad Snadden name. Yeah, is a weird name. It's really rough. Uh, and Suzanne Lang. Uh, it's about a snail traveling the world on a whale's tail, and it's based on a kid's book. Ah! I love it. This is my new favorite one. Oh, well, uh, bad news. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is easily the worst one of all of them. Uh, despite <laughs> Sally Hawkins being in this. What? You're yeah. really selling me on this. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. I was so sad for her. It it was really bad. It completely sucked. Like, wow. there, was something, there was something nice about the visual clarity of it. Mm-hmm. But the pacing was fucking glacial. It felt like <laughs> torture. It was the longest short 
in the in the in the competition at 26 fucking minutes long and it was boring by minute one. <laughs> oh no. I see it sounds thrilling to me. A a snail on a whale's tail? Like that's crazy. Yeah, see, that's the thing. They had good subject matter wasted because it was so like kitty and storybooky. It was clearly for four-year-olds and younger. So like it wasn't for me. Like if you have kids, I'm sure they would like feel condescended to or love it. (laughs) But yeah, fucking skip this one, please, everybody. It's I'm saving you all. Yeah, like cute, cute subject matter, but Oh, boy, was it awful. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you got me with the rhyme, rhyming name, though. It's the most rhyming. You, you know, it's definitely, like, narrated rhymey, too. Like, everything in it is repetitive and rhymey. It's so, like, kitty. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, but like, let me know. Let me know if you do brave the twenty six minutes of torture. Uh, Watch me love it, and then come back to you with like a critical analysis on how it's about class issues. <laughs> I would love that. I'd be so excited. I'd be like, okay, well, as long as you, as long as you were okay with the pacing. Oh God. <laughs> well, okay, so that's the worst one. So you're not technically recommending that one, even though it's somehow it's registering to me as a challenge that I must endure. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm technically recommending everybody skip this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it's inspirational the... for little kids. That's all it's got going. <laughs> okay, interesting. And yeah. there's only one left then. There is. Okay. Well, how and is that this one? one? What is it? This one is called To Gerard. Okay. And it's from the USA, from Taylor Meacham. Mm -hmm. And this one is about a nerdy male clerk who dreams of being a stage magician and then meets an adorable little girl who he does magic for. Oh, that sounds incredible. It's adorable. It's a DreamWorks short, and it very much feels like it in terms of every aspect of it, Mm. like tear-jerky parts and, like, the animation is very DreamWorks. And it's really sweet, and it made me tear up. Well... I do love the story of it. I don't love DreamWorks animation typically. Sure. Very fair. I love magic. Oh, good. Yeah, this one is very magic focused, you know? It's uh, it's about sort seen... of the power of it. Oh, okay, well, I'm in. Nice. Uh, have you seen the animated feature The Illusionist? It's um, French. I don't think I have. Ooh. By the same animation animators and director of um, the Triplets of Belleville. Oh right, I still haven't seen that, but should have by now. That one's great, but I absolutely loved The Illusionist. Ooh. It was like that came out like ten years ago, I think, maybe maybe a little more, and it came out, and I was just like recommending it to everybody. I was so obsessed with it. Oh, that's awesome! I'm looking at the IMDb site for it or the IMDb page for it, and I'm like, this looks fucking great. Yeah, this looks cool. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, if Maybe I'll check it animation out. Animation yeah. and magic. <laughs> oh, I mean, I am on board for all of it. I, I feel like the last two people that I've dated for long periods of time were both really into magic, and I've never <laughs> been a huge magic person. That's hilarious. 
yeah, I kind of I kind of love the process of that where I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to see what kind of magic shows I can take you all to, even though I don't like magic. Uh, have you ever um, been to the Magic Castle? I have. I went once and saw five magic shows in a row and was like, I now know how it feels to see too much magic. <laughs> oh, no. Every time I've been to the Magic Castle, I just walk around going, wow. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but also you know we we have we all have we have friends who have like been sexually harassed working at the Magic Castle, so it's not like a great place. Oh yeah, I don't think that the people there. Listen, <laughs> I don't think people anywhere are very good as people. <laughs> I do love watching close-up magic. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the thing. Sometimes, sometimes there are good magicians who are also good people, and thank goodness for that. We also know some of those. I, that's a nice feeling. That's true. Jeff is a good magician. Yes, you know Jeff Thompson. Listening to this. Yes, Jeff Thompson. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know Jeff. Guys, you all know Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's a wonderful human and also a fantastic magician. Keep it going for Jeff, everybody. <laughs> Let's hear it for Jeff. Wow, Let's I really miss performing live. <laughs> Me too. Specifically for people talking about Jeff. <laughs> hey, I had Jeff on a show once and it was he was a delight. Oh, he is a, he's an eternal treasure. He is an eternal delight and a treasure. And Keith Saltajanes, another great magic guy from the world of comedy. This has been You Need to See Jeff. Um, (laughs) Thank you for listening. Yeah, like we should get an Oscar for the, uh, for like the restraint that we show in not making every episode, You Need to See Jeff. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I think it'd be so funny to have a podcast about one person that like the two hosts know and really like, but they never have that person on, but they're just, I volunteer. Like, <laughs> I want, yeah. I want to be that person for someone else's podcast. All right. <laughs> I say, put it, pitch it and see who nips. Oh. I think it'd be such a fun idea. Like today we're talking about Cozy's hair. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cozy's hair is so long, so luscious. Have you ever seen such beautiful flowing hair before? <laughs> like the next week is like, this one's about Cozy's affordable and centrally located Hollywood apartment. <laughs> that oh, man I, knows how to hang on to real estate, let me tell you. <laughs> I would tune in every week. <laughs> I'd I be bet. like, what are they... What are they going to talk about me related to next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never get to choose. It's always just their random generated ideas. You're like, wow, oh my God. I never That'd be knew so anyone funny. thought about my shoes this much. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, more than I do by leaps and bounds. <laughs> <laughs> the way he has had the same pair of shoes for five years is oh, astonishing. So no, I don't long. Know if that's true. <laughs> you know, I've had the same type of shoe for a really um, long wow. time. Well, but they get listen, worn down. I need to tell you, you. <laughs> I'm interested in every single one of these, except for I think one made me go, hmm. But now mm. I can't remember if that's true or not. Can yeah, you the tell- Netflix one. Oh, the dead kid. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay, wait. Say all of the titles again and then say, do you have like a number of stars you would give them or like favorite to least favorite? I think I can do that. I'm going to I'm going to do a dramatic version of it. It'll be fun. Ooh, okay, I'm ready. Great. Um Burrow, 3 stars. Mm. Uh Genius Loki, 5 stars. Opera, mm-hmm. very much 5 stars. If anything mm-hmm. happens, I love you, 4 stars. Yes, people, mm-hmm. let's say 2 stars. Okay. Uh, Kapae Mahu, 
was not for me, but everyone should see it in a five-starry way. The Snail and the Whale is a one-star. To Gerard, <laughs> I would say, I'd say To Gerard is like four or a five. It's like kind of teetering between. It didn't blow my mind, but it was great. Let's four it. That's a four. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Like, my favorite thing about the last one is that it was worth watching after sitting through the fucking snail thing for 26 minutes. Like, I wasn't, I was like, this got me back. Like, that's saying a lot. (laughs) Oh, wow. That is saying a lot. That's, there's stuff like that at festivals, too, where I feel like I can't watch another Mm. movie. Oh, God. After I've seen, like, a really bad one or a really pointless one. The worst. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I don't know what you're trying to do, and I liked it for, like, five minutes, but then you never did anything with it, and now I hate cinema. Yeah, forever, exactly. (laughs) You've ruined it for me. So Um, sad. Well, Cozy, I'm convinced convinced to watch all of them, even this. I'm convinced to try the snail one, because I love Sally Hawkins, and I love snails and whales. Oh, good. Perfect. Well, I'm very glad to hear that. That makes me very happy. Yeah, thank you so much. This was really fun. I have never been told to watch any of the shorts before, and I've never, I've like thought about it, and then I'm like, yeah, I want to go see those, and then it never happens. Oh, of course. Yeah, it takes a lot of work to make it happen. It just does. Yeah, and I I don't like that. Like, I don't feel like that's an enviable, like, character. Trained to be like, this is a little too hard for me. Um, so I want to be the person who's like, yeah, I'm going to search it out because I definitely search out a lot of other hard to find stuff. Mm, oh, sure. I'm um, just, I guess, haven't have never been able to go this next leap with the Oscars. So I think since we're recording it early before the Oscars, I might be able to even watch them before Sunday. Oh, that would be the best. I'm excited for you. It's there's something yeah. there's something extra special about seeing a good uh Oscar animated short because they feel so much artier somehow and they feel mm. like they're kind of diamond in the rough e cuz no one really pays attention to the Oscar short, okay. the animated shorts anyway. So it's like this I found something no one's going to yeah, know about. Yeah, the underdogs. Yeah. Which is great in such a monoculture mainstream sort of uh, film-related anime like or, or uh, award show. <laughs> yes, yes, that's so well put. I think that's what exhausts me about the Oscars. Is like, okay, we've all seen this. Yeah, oh, it's so tiring. I I heard. Uh, I think I heard Jason Manzukas mention the concept of the monoculture on a podcast, and I'm like, oh, that describes everything I hate. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's what's really tough about spending a lot of time on the internet when people are like, now we're all talking about this film right now. Oh, God. Just anything. Not even films. Just anything. All social media just coalesces into one conversation topic that used to be the water cooler but is now the everyone in the world is talking about thing. And if you're not talking about it too, then you don't count or matter and then you still get bombarded with it. Oh, it's so frustrating. I really don't like it. It's really, it, it just gets that teen rebel feeling in my body where I just want to be like, I don't watch Netflix. Yes, Sorry. no, same very much. I immediately have that instinct of just being like, I'm going to talk about anything else. <laughs> I think I Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's when I'm like, well, sorry, you like promising young women <laughs> you should watch Ms. 45 by Abel Ferreira. Nice. It's a 70s exploitation film. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid, whenever we all watched a movie in class, 
uh, all anyone would mm-hmm. talk about right after it is the movie that we all watched. And I had that instinct of like, I'm going to talk about anything else. Fuck that movie we just talk- watched. I don't care. <laughs> That's where it started for me, you know? Yeah, there's something about like this is the fallback conversation to have now that always gets under my skin. It's actually mm. something I'm really dreading about um, going back to live performances. Oh, sure. Is having to sit through a lot of people stand up about COVID. Oh God, I, I'm I'm very curious if people are either going to just ignore it completely and be like it never happened, or if they're going to not shut up about it. <laughs> I need to ignore it completely. Like I, it's already given too much of our lives to it. Yeah, like you know what I, I mean, we've had to. Every day we have to think about it. Ugh. Yeah, I hope they don't do a bunch of stand-up about COVID and they just move forward instead. Fingers crossed. Yeah, like, I know that a lot of our lives were really repetitive this year, but you had to have some something happening to you, mm-hmm. at least internally, that was slightly interesting. Yeah, the processing um, of COVID is much more interesting than COVID itself, really. Yes. <laughs> By leaps and yes. bounds. Good Lord. Yes, Exactly. I'm so sick of the like, oh, I wonder what this is going to do to us as people. Like, <laughs> well, uh, I think it made us all have a really intense trauma response. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Some people hadn't dealt with a lot of trauma before and now they have. A lot of people have yep. already dealt with a ton of trauma and this was just another <laughs> type of it. And it's like, cool, we now know how trauma works. Hopefully we learned something <laughs> from it. Maybe we didn't. Probably not. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when people were like feeling depressed for the first time, I felt like <laughs> it really, people were like, wow, I'm just having a really hard time getting out of bed and like being productive. And it's like, yeah, Becca, that's depression. <laughs> a lot of us have been dealing with that our whole lives. I think what fascinates me the most <laughs> is people who, not trauma, but we're feeling boundaries for the first time. And you're like, yeah, boundaries <laughs> are not a new thing. If they are for you, then impatience is what That's you need to problem. fucking work on. <laughs> yeah, then like there's a bunch of people in your life that don't like you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? We're making ourselves the targets very quickly on that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, people. Oh, I wish I could help everyone with patience all the time. <laughs> I know, but that's the difficult thing, right? Because like, People who need help with it don't have it. Yeah, they don't so know really that. Yeah, they have no concept patients. that they need it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a narcissist. Oh. Like, oh, I'm worried I'm talking about myself too much. It's like, well, you're definitely not if you're worried about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the nicest thing. It's such an easy signal to understand where you're like, yeah, if I'm worried about this, I'm probably a good person because I don't, because normal <laughs> most people wouldn't worry about it. They just do it and be monsters. Yeah, they're like, I'm great. Everything about the way I'm operating is perfectly fine. Yeah. I'm always happy when I see people worrying about that. I'm like, good, you're coming at it from the right direction. Now you just have to learn how to be okay with it and not worry as much yeah. because you're not going to swing to that side of the pendulum immediately. <laughs> yeah. Just stop talking about it on Facebook. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, audience, have you seen the 2021 Oscar animated shorts? I really hope you have. That means you're you're wonderful and you make me happy as people. Uh, if you have a favorite or if you have a least favorite, <laughs> if you've got opinions about snails and whales, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Tell us all about it. And while you're there, click those follow buttons and junk and tell us what we need to see. Join the Facebook group. Talk about movies with us, specifically with me because I am in that Facebook group and I am so ready to talk about animated shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't seen them, to the guillotine with you. To the guillotine with you. There is a guillotine in one of these shorts. Oh, great. Oh, perfect. I love it. <laughs> okay. Do you have any recommendations for this uh, for this episode? 
I do. I have three connected recommendations. Love it. Um, this past week was John Waters' birthday. He is my one true North Star. I don't believe in uh, heroes, except for in the case of John Waters. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, and I want everybody, I just, so for his birthday, which was yesterday, um, on this recording on Thursday. So I rewatched A Dirty Shame, which is his most recent movie. It came out in like 2006. Yes. Um, it is so funny. I loved it when it came out and I used to watch it like over and over and over when I was younger, mm. but I haven't watched it in years, kind of thinking it was maybe not as good sure. as his older stuff. Right. No, it is so, fu- it's like his only sexploitation film, like as dirty as all the other ones are, this one is like a pure sex comedy mm. and it's hysterical. Like there is just a joke in every single frame. Oh, that's great. I haven't seen it since college. Well, if you have a memory of it being good, it's just as good if, if not better now that you've like become an adult. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Highly recommend. And then two brand new things that came out on his birthday yesterday, April 22nd, was uh, the Mark Maron interview with him on WTF, which I know we both listened to already, but it's <laughs> a really incredible interview about basically like how do you become a DIY filmmaker and what, uh, you know, about his life and everything that he built for himself. Uh, it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then he has a brand new spoken word out called A Prayer for Pasolini, who is the uh, controversial director who directed uh, Solo, 100 Days of Solemn. Um, and is really, it's great. I haven't finished listening to it, but it's wonderful. And he hasn't put anything new out in a while. So it's exciting. Ooh, um, nice. So yeah. Immerse yourself in John Waters. And if you haven't listened to our episode on female trouble, um, which is one of his 70s film, check it out. Uh, It was like our December 30th episode from 1919, 102 years ago we recorded (laughs) I remember those days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? The car was just getting started and the war had just ended. Um, December 2019, I guess it feels like it was 100 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it all does. What are your recommendations, Cozy? My recommendation for this one is to watch something that I had not watched, and you have probably already watched, everybody. But as a person traveling back in time um, to when people were excited about various (laughs) Netflix things, and I just got Netflix, uh, watch John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Oh, it's great. so good. It it's really so was. funny. Jake Gyllenhaal is so hilarious in it. Oh, it was so great. Yeah, I really wasn't like I wasn't sure what to expect because I love I really I do like John Mulaney a ton, but mm-hmm. like something about the mainstreamness of it all, I was just like, who knows how this will go? It maybe it'll be more SNL and I'll hate it. And then I watched no, it. It was really weird. Yeah, it was perfectly weird and sad and affecting in a great way. And I was like, oh, they're getting it right. This is not always the case. So, yeah, highly recommend watching it because uh, the stuff about the kids talking about their fears is so fucking great. So good. <sighs> yeah, I loved every minute of it. I thought it was absurd and really brilliant and cutting edge and. I loved it. Mm, yeah, so good. Nice to see things like Highly that. Highly recommend. Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't know how many people saw it. Like, I know the comedy world watched it. But, like, 
out in the world world of people who aren't just constantly like <laughs> watching every comedy thing that comes out. Mm. I don't know. I feel like every time I bring it up, people are like, oh, yeah. No, I didn't watch that. That's a good call. So I think it's a good recommendation. Oh, good. Perfect, perfect. Okay, everybody check it out. And also, everybody listen to this plug that I've got. <laughs> yes, Transitions. what's your plug? Uh, my variety show, Crashless Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, as usual, every month. Uh, we got one coming up on May 12th, 8 p.m. Pacific. Twitch.tv slash Sweet Dalai Lama. S-W-E-E-T-D-A-L-A-I-L-A-M-A. Uh, we're going to be doing improv, the Team Sweet Dalai Lama, along with uh, improv and stand-up from some other acts. Grand. Luce, mm-hmm. any plugs? Um, yeah, you know, I'm still working on, uh, we, ju- I just submitted my seed and spark fundraiser. They have to review it mm. and hopefully they will give us the go ahead on it and then it will be live, but I'm not as of right now, it's not live yet, but mm. so this is just a plug to stay tuned. If you love independent DIY filmmaking, because my fundraiser is coming up soon. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm really excited to make my next short, which is going to be a little bit longer. Messed up was eight minutes. I think this one's going to be a little closer to 20 minutes. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Really excited about it. Everybody on the cast has had at least one vaccination, which means like we're very close to being able to film at the end of June, which is what we want. Great. And everyone will be vaccinated. So, yeah. I'm just excited about that. That's what's going on with me. Oh, that's awesome. Well done. Very exciting. I'm excited to watch it as long as it's not about snails or whales. It's not. No, it's about a group of women who are in their 30s and they are obsessed with success and positivity and their world outlook is challenged when they accidentally witness a murder. Oh, I. that sounds wonderful. That really does. Success Thank success you. is such a weird of, thing. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, I know. I've been thinking about it constantly. Um oh, you know what? There is a thing I'm hosting a, a round table this weekend that will be live or recording it and then editing it and putting it out. So, mm. um on girl bossism in white feminism in films and the ways in which uh feminism is portrayed as monetary success and hoarding of wealth in in films, in modern cinema. Oh, that's a great so, call. Oh, my God. Yeah, so check check that out soon. Follow my new uh, film collective at Too Much Productions on Instagram, and I'm going to be putting all of the new information about Surprise and uh, these, this Girl Boss Roundtable that I'm doing. Well, I'll be up there soon. Awesome. Well done, well done. Is it a fun when you're like, do you have anything to promote? And I'm like, no, but I... <laughs> But five five minutes of things I can I can if I want to. I love it. I'm very glad. I'm like I'm always happy when you got stuff. I'm always happy because <laughs> stuff is good. Into it's like it. every time you ask me, I'm surprised. <laughs> what are we doing? The same thing we've been doing for a year. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what am I doing? Oh, nothing. Just never enough. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm just I'm constantly unprepared because I'm always doing the next thing. Oh no, I'm very prepared. 
I think this episode was great. I'm really excited that we did something different. And you have me really ginned up about these shorts, which I have never had a feeling about before. Oh, that's fucking awesome. I hope everybody I hope everybody does my tradition and just watches them every year. I, we need more people doing that because it's just fun. It's like a cool little buffet grab bag. You never know what's going to happen. You bump it. You, sometimes you bite into a chocolate and it's got like marshmallow or strawberry filling. And you're like, fuck yeah, I enjoyed this one. You just I never don't know. think that's a buffet that you're describing. That's like a box of uh, candy hearts. <laughs> oh, my buffets are all at C's. <laughs> oh, I see. Nice, nice. A C's buffet sounds really positive. Oh, my God. I would live there and then I would die there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, in a matter of days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> worth it, though. What a life. Uh, so, audience, please give us a five-star rating because we appreciate you. It's a really easy button click. I do it myself every time, and I think it only counted the first time. So I'm always like, this was so easy. Um, I know, but they let you continue to do it. Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of adorable. Uh, Leave a review. uh, Write something cute or small or fast or big, whatever. And please subscribe to listen to more episodes about other topics that are also movies and films and junk. Uh, If you leave a five-star review, we'll read it on the air. Special thanks to our editor, Pete Burns. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, Pete. And thank you all so much for listening to You Need to See This. Je vais rester assise. Attendre un peu. Un signe.